Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Friday, everybody, and welcome into the Gramlick and McLean podcast, presented by Ingalls, the official supermarket of Gramlick and McLean. And it's a happy Friday. It's a football Friday, Eric McLean. And it's all about the Deeks on today's episode. That's right. That's right. We have quarterback Mitch Griffiths joining us today. And Mitch was awesome. We, was. we went pretty long with him, not really on purpose. We're just chatting it up. And then I look down I'm like, dude, we got to get you out of here. We're, we're way over what we asked uh, for. So very grateful for his time. Willie P, the man, setting it up. Um, and it was just a great conversation. So excited for you guys to hear this. Real quick, let's do a message from our friends over at Ingles, and then we'll get to the interview. Here we go. It's time to discover the convenience and time savings of contact-free pickup with Ingles Curbside. Just visit shop.ingles-markets.com or download the app. And your Ingles personal shopper gets to work with specialized training on how to select the freshest items for a pre-scheduled pickup. They'll even text you with updates. You pull up to a designated space and your personal shopper delivers your items right to your vehicle. Fresh, fast, and affordable. It's all in the bag. Ingles. Low prices. Love the savings. Mitch Griffiths, man, welcome into the show. I've been waiting on this one. I'm super excited uh, because all the things you and I kind of talked about at ACC Media Day and people, boy, I tell you what, they are sleeping on these Demon Deacons, and I'm excited to talk with you, brother. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. So QB1, man, you're the guy. It's your show, Um, and I think what's just fascinating is, is people just don't realize You've been here a while, right? Like you, you've yeah. been waiting your turn. You've been going through practice. You've been in the film room. I mean, you you know this offense as well as anybody. But just what all comes with that territory of of being the guy, being QB one? Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot more responsibility um, than I've had in the past. Obviously, um, trying. You know, when I first got here, trying to put myself in in the shoes of being the starting quarterbacks. I knew one day that that will be my goal, and you know, one day I hopefully be in that role. So now that I'm here, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, it comes it comes a lot of extra territory, a lot of extra stuff that I you know can't really prepare for you know until you are the starter. I'm um, just dealing with other stuff and the dynamic of the team, but it's been super fun. I'm I'm living the dream right now, so it's been great. What what have what have I guess some of the biggest just adjustments be? I mean, you, you talk about those things. Is there one or two things that you know now that you've been the guy where you're just like, okay, this is this is something you know it's just added effort or added communication. What what have been the two biggest things? Um, one on the field is out of communication, you know, like kind of being confident with, um, I've, I was, obviously I've always been confident in the offense and knowing the roles of everybody, but now a lot of guys will come ask me questions. Um, Hey, you know, how do you want me running this route? What do you want my break to look like? What my, what's my depth? So kind of being an extension of the coaching staff on the field and then off the field, just doing extra media stuff like this stuff. I haven't really, you know, never done this kind of stuff or just kind of planning my days around that uh, stuff. and But it's been fun. I, I enjoy talking, so I'm a talkative guy, so I, I like this kind of stuff. We're glad to add to that. We're glad to add to that, KJ. Yeah, That's yeah. right. Big time doing doing your media interviews. Mitch, before we get into this season, I was looking up your bio, kind of getting learning more about you, and you are a coach's son. Your dad was your coach in high school, if I'm not mistaken. So you've been around fall camp for uh, pretty much your whole life, I, w- I would guess. So what was it like growing up a coach's son? I loved it. Um, I mean, it was super cool. Uh, my, my, you know, growing up with, with my dad being a head football coach, um, my entire life's goal was just to be his starting quarterback. Um, 
And then as that kind of happened and, and life kind of went on, I was like, okay, you know, I do want to kind of play college football. I started thinking about what my life would be like after playing for my dad because at such a young age, I thought once I was done playing for my dad, you know, life was over. You know, that was it. That, yeah, my, my, my goal was complete. My life was, my life was all good. So it was super cool. I had an awesome four years playing for him. Um, but even the years leading up, just being at every single practice, um, you know, they played on Friday nights and I'd have my youth league games on Saturday. You know, if they won on Friday – and my youth league team lost on Saturday. I was cool that, you know, we won on Friday night. But if we lost on Friday night and we won Saturday, man, I was crying after my game. It was, it was a tough – there were definitely some few Saturday mornings I didn't want to go to my game because the, the, the night before. So I was ride or die. That's amazing, man. I That's love so that. cool. I love, love to hear those stories. And, yeah, I can, I can see a little coach's kid in you, Mitch. I would say just from, from chatting with you, I can see that. So <laughs> – you know, that. yeah, that's a compliment for sure. So, as we said, you've been probably going to fall camp since you were a baby. So, how ha- I know you guys have just gotten started there in Winston Salem, but how have practices been going so far? They've been going great. They're they're super competitive. Um, they've been super fun. You know, it's great to go against the defense, and you know, you talk all talk all the trash in, in June and July, and tell them you're going to you know kick their tail, and it's finally here. So it's fun, and you know, we we do a great job of competing and. Uh, the cool thing is, though, you know, after a play, everybody's, you know, loving each other up, helping each other up. So there's never any bad blood, which which is something cool about our team. But it's been awesome. Super competitive so far. Um, today I was telling the defense he looked a little tired in, in pre-practice. So I was kind of, <laughs> kind of getting ready to go and trying to get the competitive juices flowing. So it's been good. Well, and, and a little tired. My goodness, y'all snapped the first ball at 630. What the heck? We were doing these yeah, early we morning practices, man. How are those? I, I've never – I don't think we've ever asked anybody about this, KG. But it, it's something that I think kind of was changing as I was – Starting to play ball, and maybe you know older folks are listening. It's like, no, man, we've been doing this a long time. How is practicing in the morning? Is it? Do you like it? Do you hate it? Is what it is? It is what it is. You know, I think I do like. So you it hate it? It's all good. You can say it, bro. It's cool. It's all. It's all good. <laughs> I've gotten right. used to it at this point. Um, the thing that I I didn't like about afternoon practice in high school is you have to go through a whole school day, right? And and that was kind of just like. It was a long day, and, and practice was fun, but just sitting in math class in eighth period, you're like, oh, my Freaking gosh, I just want to go to, go to football. Um, so it is nice to, you know, get it, do it in the morning so you don't have to, like, sit through class thinking about practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, in the season, you're up at, like, 530. So I always wow. tell people, if you set your alarm after, after 630 in the season, you are sleeping in, and it's that's a good day. Right. So, that's right. So I kind of just, just adjusted to it. But, yeah, I think it gives us an advantage, too, when we play noon kickoffs because you have to wake up pretty early for noon yeah. kick. Yeah. And we're used to that. So no. um, I think it's got some advantages. But, yeah, some early mornings in the fall. That, that's brilliant, man. I, one thing that I always say is, you know, sports is, is good for so many different things. But, you know, football will make you a morning person. Like whether oh, it's yeah. workouts or practice, uh, you're going to be up and you're going to have to execute at a level high enough that you don't get killed out True. on the field. Like you got to be awake. Yeah. You got to be ready. You got to be ready. Mac, and the other thing that makes yeah. you a morning person is having a kid. Mitch, you will learn having this a baby. one day. <laughs> Yeah, I got, I got a few years. You have no choice at that point. <laughs> it's, my, it's one of my favorite things, favorite things to see people that aren't morning people that now you got to be. You got to do yeah. it. You got to do it. Well, let's keep diving into the team here, man. Um, you, you guys have some super talented receivers, and you have for as long as I can remember. Um, I know about Donovan, and I'm super sad about that, and, and prayers his way. We don't have anything official quite yet, um, and, and hopefully he'll be back with you guys. But – Still, the depth is is undeniable. And, and I look at Jamal Banks. I look at Taylor Marin, Keyshawn Williams, and Wesley Grimes. I mean, I'm sure there's yeah. even more guys that, you know, we don't even know about, but they're primed and ready, you know, for their opportunity. What have you seen from them, I guess, this offseason? And 
you know, it's going to be different from them, right? They've been with Sam for two, three, yeah. four years. And now, you know, they do, they, they've got, you know, you coming in, I know you guys practice with each other and all that, but how have you, I guess, had to speed up the, the, the cohesion, the trust, all that process throughout the off season? Yeah. So it's, it's actually pretty cool. So, so me and Taylor Marin, um, we grew up about 15 minutes away from each other. Oh, so wow. I've known Taylor for a long time. Um, and you know, during COVID when everything was shut down, we threw three times a week together. Um, so I Breaking got great news. Catches. Taylor Marin has 200 catches this season. <laughs> <laughs> so, so me and Taylor have, you know, are super close. So we've worked together. Um, and, and me and Keyshawn and Jamal were in the same class. So we all came together. So, you know, the first two years of, of their career, um, you know, they're playing a little bit, but mo- I spent most of our time throwing with them. Um, so I have great chemistry with them. And, you know, those three are some of my three of my best friends on the team. Um, so we're super tight. And obviously Donovan, Donovan from the, from the jump was playing, you know, so you know, he was playing. So, so good. <laughs> so it's been good over the spring and in the summer to get some chemistry with him, um, just throwing the ball. But yeah, we got three three young guys too. Like you said, Wesley is a phenomenal player, um, and I've got to spend a lot of time with Wesley. And then two other guys, Horatio Fields, who missed last season because of an ACL, came back, and I mean he's a he's a big target too. He's big kid, strong kid. Then we got a, a, tr- a transfer from Tennessee, Walker Merrill, um, who again is a phenomenal player. So you know we're you know ho- hopefully we get some good news about Donnie, but. You know, that's, that's a deep room, um, so we have guys that are ready to step up. Before we talk about the rest of this offense, you know, you're in a very unique situation because you're a fourth-year player at Wake, but you're starting for your first year because you're behind Sam Hartman. What, I know you're super excited for that opportunity. Everyone's excited to see you in that offense. What did you learn from Sam Hartman being kind of behind him and him being your vet, if you will? Yeah, I'm super thankful for what Sam um, did for me as a teammate, uh, a leader, and a friend. Uh, he's a great friend of mine. I'm always rooting for him. Um, you know, I think he's going to do awesome things at Notre Dame and, and beyond that after his playing days in college, I'm sure he'll go to the NFL and he's talented enough and works hard enough. Um, the thing that I learned most from Sam was just seeing how resilient he was. Um, and I kind of talked about this a lot at, at ACC Media Day, just no matter what the previous drive or the previous game was like, he always went out there and, and played his tail off and played fearless and, you know, he's – He's just a he's he's a fearless guy. He'll go out there and he does anything to win. He'll he'll throw the ball into tight windows and he'll make plays with his feet. And uh, he's a true competitor. So that was really cool just to see how how he did that and how he dealt with things week to week and always taking care of business and still being a good teammate and good friend at the same time. So all that being said, how are we feeling about November eighteenth? Any any <laughs> thoughts on that? Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm always rooting for him, but except for that week, and there we you know, go. Sure, he, he's he's saying the same way, and you know, he he's excited for that one. We're excited for that one. We want to kick his tail. He wants to kick our tail. So That's it'll be right. fun. I can't wait. I can't wait to see it. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. And there's a couple instances, weirdly enough, in the ACC of you know some inner transfers and and things yeah. of that nature where we're going to have a couple of those opportunities yeah. uh, for yeah. for other guys as well. Um, man, one guy that that. I have super high expectation for, and, and you you either add to this flame or tell me to slow down, but I think Justice Ellison is going to have a massive year. I mean, yeah. he was a guy that split reps last year, still came out on top, and I just think there's another step that he can take. You, you know, have, have you kind of seen, hey, he's going to be the bell cow, we're going to feed, feed, feed him, or, or other guys stepping up to where maybe you have two or three running back there with him? Yeah, just in our offense, naturally, we'll always play a few backs just because of you know how much we ask them to do and how fast we go. Um, they got to block like a tight end and, and Dude, run like a receiver. They got to block, and they block their tails off. Yeah, I mean, there's some big backers in our league that they're 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 fitting up on. So, so naturally, we'll play a few backs. But I mean, I, I said at the media day, I think Justice is the most underrated player in the ACC. Mm, yes. He's a phenomenal ball carrier. 
He's strong, physical. You can't arm tackle him, and he can he can make you miss. Um, I mean, people don't realize he's 215 pounds. Yeah. You know, he's he's not super tall, but he's he's a thick kid, and he runs really hard. And he's just as good as in the, in the pass pro game. Um, he's like a six lineman out there. You know, that can catch and run. Easy, so. easy, bro. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but he's also he's also good out of the backfield, and um, one of my one of my good friends. I, I I've known Justice for a long time. He's from my area as well. Um, so I, th- I think he's the most underrated player in the ACC. I think he's a phenomenal, phenomenal player and a great leader, too, for our team. So I'm excited to watch him mm. watch him this year. I, th- I like what you're saying. They're most underrated. Well, you mentioned playing fast. Yeah. What do you like about the slow mesh? And and what do you think is the most the most difficult part of it to defend, if you will? Yeah, I think, first of all, we, we have – you know, we we call it the pace and space offense. So people across the country pace and call space, it baby, come on. We call it we call it the pace and space. All right, we're going to start okay. doing that, Mac. Forget That's the slow right. mesh. That's right. Pace and space, um, and the slow mesh technique is actually called a hang and bang technique. So the pace and space, right? Yeah. So this is the first time we're kind of putting it out there. So pace and space, right? We play fast pace, and we want to get the ball in space. So that's that's our offense. People. People try to categorize it. Pace and space is our deal. And then our hang and bang is the slow the slow mesh technique. So the thing I like about the hang and bang, um, I, I enjoy it because it allows me to be super thorough with my decisions, um, you know, making sure, hey, do I really want to pull this ball and throw it or do I want to hand it off? And I think the advantage of our offense, again, is it allows us – football is a numbers game. And the, the, off, the offense can always be at, at an advantage. Um, so I think that it allows us to make the best decisions with the football and make sure we're always, you know – having uh, a numbers advantage For at sure. all times and, and all that. So I, that's what I love about it. I think it's, again, it's just math. And I think, you know, when you, when you run that kind of offense, it allows you to make good mathematical decisions, I guess. I, I mean, it's something where I will say you have to know what you're looking at. I mean, it, it can yeah. be a disaster. Like, you know, you and, and Sam have been just so trained up in it to where I, I don't know how much, I guess. And again, Sam was so good at never answering my questions. So you can do the same thing if you want. Um, but like pre-snap versus post-snap read, just in your opinion and your experience, which one's more important to you and kind of what you guys want to do? Yeah, I think um, pre-snap definitely it always helps, especially when you go in fast tempo. Naturally, people will have to undress a little quicker just mm-hmm. because, you know, we're going so fast. So, you know, if, if the blitz is coming and they want to hit it at the snap, they got to line up. And right. you know some teams will want they can't, to hit they can't help but cheat, man. Those defenders, right. you bro, have to. You they have start to. itching. Have, they start itching. Yeah, yeah. With how fast you, how fast we go. But there's also teams that want to hold it until the snap. Um, so I think I think pre-snap is super super advan- uh, advantageous for us, um, just because by the shell you can tell who can come, who can't come. Um, and then again with our tempo, hoping that guys will will show it pre-snap. So I think the pre-snap gives us a huge recognition for everybody in our offense to kind of feel out what's going to end up happening post-snap. I love it, man. I love it. It's such a beautiful thing to Mac, see when you do it was, the right way. Did he answer it more than Sam ever did? I kind of think so. Yes. Sam, dude, Sam would always say, uh, you know, my eyes are my eyes. I yeah. see what I see. I'm like, bro, like we all know football, man. Like, come on. Yeah. It's not hard. It's just it's a numbers game. You can, I'm not giving out any secrets. Right? You can cut yeah, on the tape. Right. You can cut on the tape. You'll see. You'll see what we're looking at. He perfected at. it, though, Kelly. Oh, yeah. He, he perfected And we love Sam. He came on with us like three different times and That's a great right. guy. That's right. When So you you mentioned you were talking some trash to your defense in practice this morning, I believe. Um, what have you seen from your defense so far? And what do you think Deke fans should expect from that side of the ball? I was lying when they said they looked tired. I was just trying to you know start start the competitiveness because that's the thing the Deke fans should expect is just energy. You know they fly to the ball. They do pursuit drills every day. Um, they have phenomenal effort. 
Um, Coach Lambert does an awesome job. It's a, it's a true family environment on that side of the ball. Um, and they'll do anything for the guy next to him. I mean, they, they fly to the ball. They swarm. And, and any time, you know, the backside corner doesn't fly to a stretch play to the right, he, I mean, he's, he's getting screamed at. So it's, uh, it's cool to see, see how, how hard they play. And, um, you know, they had, a, they had a good year last year. And the first year in the system, they're more comfortable. And, you know, they're going to they're gonna have a great year this year. And we're going we're gonna to count on them to win us some games. And we know they'll do it for us. Yeah, I think that's, that's something that just is so interesting and people need to pay attention to is it is year two of the defense. Mm-hmm. And, and how much growth, you know, do you normally see and expect to see is, is pretty substantial. A couple of guys defensively that I did want to ask you about. I know everybody's good and, and, you know, all the different things. I'm excited for a lot of these guys. But Jasheen Davis is a guy that, Man, I would just watch you guys last year, and I'd be watching Rondell, and then it's yep. like, who the heck is 30? Like, where did this yeah. cat come from? I mean, he's so explosive, very twitchy. I mean, he's a he's a heck of a player. What is he nuisance-wise for you in practice? I mean, are, are you guys, like, slanting towards him and, and shifting to, you know, chipping him, everything you can do? I mean, how, how good is that guy? He's a freak, um, and he's just a C-ball, get-ball guy. His motor, yeah. I, I don't – I've never seen him not sprint. Uh, to a football, I think there's times that he just all he knows is sprinting. That he'll just run into guys because he can't because he's just going so fast. And and there's and the coaches always yell at him to stay off my arm and and all that. And I always tell him, hey, if you hit my arm in practice, if you if you make up for it in a game, we'll call it even. That's so, right. Um, I mean, he's his motor is. I've never seen him get tired. Yeah, we'll be wow. in, we'll be wow. in play ten of a drive, and he's just flying. He's doing uh, it. So yeah, he definitely wreaks some havoc in practice. But I'm glad he's on my team. So exactly, exactly. He doesn't get those freebies on you like he will some other guys. Uh, <laughs> the, the the next guy, I'm staying in the three family here uh, with Malik uh, Mustafa. He yeah. same, same thing. I mean, I was yeah. actually preparing. Um, and sorry, you have to hear this, but that Louisville game last year, and I, I'm doing prep and I'm looking at all these things and. I mean, he's everywhere. He he does yeah. everything for you. Coach lit up when I asked him about him at media day. Has he kind of evolved in, into the alpha in that safety group? Because you got a lot of safeties. The, the depth in yeah. the, the defensive backfield is, is very impressive. Is he the alpha, or is, or is there somebody else that has kind of risen up and, and been, become that guy? You know, Malik is a great leader, and he is one of our captains. And obviously he was voted by our team for a reason because he is such a vocal leader um, in a super vocal position. You know, he's, he's the quarterback of the defense in the secondary. Um, but that is a deep safety room with a lot of older guys like Nick Anderson, Chaylen Garns, right. um, you know, AJ Williams, Evan Slocum, just a bunch of older guys who've played a lot of ball. And that's a deep, deep room. Um, I mean, like you look at Malik and he looks like a, a Nike mannequin. Like just, he he's jacked like muscles that I didn't know were muscle. <laughs> he's got them and they're huge. Like he, he's, he's a freak. Um, I mean, yeah, he's 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 a missile. He just flies to the ball, so he definitely makes me better, you know. And I'm having to read him in in coverage, and but you know, he'll he'll come from 12 yards deep and be in the a gap in three seconds. You know, you're just I don't know how he got there. When so you're he makes Mitch, us when you're reading him pre snap and post snap, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. post snap. I yeah, I don't. I just kind of yeah. You always have to have an eye on on Malik and, and see where he's at. Again, I'm glad I'm glad we don't play him. He's he's he can do it all. He can. Well, I want to ask you about your head coach, Mitch, because. Dave Clawson is a guy, I think his reputation nationally, especially being at Wake Forest, is um, he's a very cerebral coach. You know, he's perfected a system that works at Wake Forest, and you guys win a bunch of games every year. But I also feel like Dave Clawson has a a real killer instinct. I I get that vibe from him. So am I right on that? I mean, tell me more about your head coach and your relationship with him. Yeah, like he he is super cerebral, and everything's calculated, and everything's planned, and super serious. 
but he's got a goofy side and a killer side. Um, and when his goofy side comes out, it's you know it'll be like a random period in practice, and he'll just say something funny and you know kind of when when he kind of he does a good job of feeling the energy of the team. Sometimes when guys get a little tired, he makes some jokes and gets the guys going. But you know if we if there are times where we're not you know full go, he'll he'll light into us, and, and he he's got a very competitive side that not everybody sees. But if you if, you know talk talking to him on game day. You know, he'll, he wants to kick your tail, and he's ready to go. <laughs> tell, tell me about practice quickly. We're going to get you out of here. If offense wins the day, is he happy, or does, is, does he want the defense to get it going? Uh, you know, he, he's a, he keeps track of, like, offensive reps and oh, yeah. who wins what, and he wants a 50-50. You know, okay. he, want, he, okay. wants, he wants a 50-50 or, or 55-45 score, something, something close. Yeah. Um, you know, just because he, he likes the competitiveness of practice. No doubt. Um, but yeah, he he likes it. He'll put up the score and he'll be like, you know, this is what I want. This is fifty percent. This is good. And, and you know, we're we're always pissed off if we don't of course. win. But he, you know, he, he he any day's a win for him as long as it's not too lopsided. That, that's right. I, I just remember back when I was a player that if we would kick the defense's tail, it was like a horrible practice. And I'm like, coach, yeah. you're a receiver. Come on, man. You, you should yeah, be right, all in right. with this thing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I man. Feel, I definitely feel like that. He sometimes he. Uh, if, if the offense has a good day, it's we, the post practice talks are a little longer. Exactly, and, uh, exactly. And, you, know, he, you know, the effort wasn't good. Or just right. like, well, like, come on, on man. <laughs> but if the offense has a bad day, you know, great job today, guys. Right, like, right, right. Hundred percent. Like, safety at heart, though. So I. Get That's it. right. That's right. Well, anyway, Mitch, man, this has been so much fun. Thank you for joining us. We're excited for the year, and uh, can't can't wait to see you guys, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I had a blast. Appreciate you guys. Mac, you said it. I mean, Mitch Griffiths was awesome. We really appreciate his time. These deep QBs, they're always good. They're always willing to come chat with us. And he screams QB1 to me. He's poised. I think he's ready for this. He's a fourth-year guy who's going to be in his first year as a starter. He's the son of a, of a coach. You can tell that he's a coach's son a little bit. So I, I, Mitch Griffiths is not the part that worries me about Wake. There are some other pieces that worry me, and I think we should start with the big news and the really unfortunate news, Mac. Donovan Green, who was going to yeah. be one of the best, if not the best wide receiver in the ACC, is out right. with an injury. And it just feels like yeah. Wake, sometimes they just have these key injuries during camp, and he's out for yeah. the season, Mac. Yeah, it, it stinks. I mean, it's very just disheartening because you, you're so excited for these young men, and you want them to have great opportunities and, and to be able to succeed, and then – you know, a non-contact injury. I believe I, I read that he stepped on somebody's foot and, and just, you know, got hurt and he's out, you know, for what was it, five to eight months maybe. And so it just stinks. And, and a great kid, a great young man, great football player. Um, good thing is it's not his last year. Like, he can come back. Um, and, I, and I hope he does. And it's going to be a great comeback story. But I'm excited about this offense. Um, you know, the, the the you know, you look at this from a different point of view, a weird point of view, but if there's a position that they could afford someone sure. to get hurt, it is wide receiver. I mean, they're loaded, super deep with talent. And, and you know, Mitch even said some guys that we don't even know about yet uh, that, that are excited and, and waiting in the wings that, you know, now, again, unfortunately are going to get an opportunity quicker uh, because, you know, one of your best players, if not your best player, goes down. So the confidence that Mitch has, the I don't know. I know the understanding of the offense that he has. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think this Wake Forest offense is going to take a step back at all. I think they're going to be status quo, 30-plus points, 35-plus points a game, throwing it all over the yard. I think Justice Ellison is going to take a step forward and you know, really be the feature back and uh, take on some more responsibility there. So there's there's a lot to be excited about 
offensively with these guys and, and what they're going to be able to do production-wise. Yes, I agree. I think this wide receiver room is still elite. They're still really, really good. you got Taylor Moran. You've got Keyshawn Williams. you got Jamal Banks. So there are still guys for Mitch Griffiths to throw the ball to. And, Mac, I loved what we talked about here. Instead of calling it the slow mesh, which we're never going to use again, we're calling it the pace and space. We're calling it the hang and bang. The hang and bang. <laughs> That is absolutely brilliant, and it makes a lot of sense. You hang, you wait, you wait, you wait, boom, you bang. That, that's top. what it is. I love it. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> and sorry, Mitch, if you get in trouble for telling us that, but I love the terminology, and, and again, it's, it's going to be fun to see that, you know, and, and just a new guy. I mean, we've had Sam Hartman for so long, and now it's, it's going to be a little bit weird, right, when you see Wake Forest lining up and uh, old number 12's out there instead of 10. Um, but it's his show now, and again, the confidence that he has – I think uh, you can feel really good about it. Defensively, KG, is where maybe some questions right. might arise. Yeah, the defense concerns me a little bit. And, you know, it, it had its issues last year for sure. And last year, Wake was able to win those eight games mainly because of their offense and the fact that they were the number one scoring offense in the ACC, scoring over 34 points per game, over 300 passing yards per game. Can they maintain that? I, I think for the most part. But when you get in a shootout and you need to outscore somebody – that's really what Wake's M.O. is. And, you know, can the defense take a step forward to where the offense doesn't have to do as much? That would be really nice. That would be ideal to see for Wake Forest. But I, I still feel like every time I watch Wake, you're thinking, especially if you are taking Wake minus the points, perhaps, or plus the points, you are thinking, okay, they're going to have to outscore this team. And, and that's probably going to be a similar case this year. Right. And, and I think, um, you know, one thing that might deter that or change that is, you know, Coach Brad Lambert is in his second year, and he's a guy that is a, a very smart coach. You know, has a great system, and and got, there was a learning curve last year, right? And and you have to you know figure out who's going to be where, what pieces fit you know your defenses really really well. Jasheen Davis, I think, is going to just have a massive year. He jumps off the screen when you watch you know this team. You see other guys emerge. Thirty's a guy at the defensive end position that I think can make a lot of noise. And then Malik, I'm, I'm glad he he corrected me there. Malik Mustafa uh, is just a weapon. I mean, you can line him up from anywhere. He's so fast. He's so explosive. He's a guy that can really impact a game in a, in a variety of ways uh, with his physicality, ball hawking ability, uh, just an in overall intelligence. So I think it kind of starts with those guys. Chase Jones going to have to step up and you know, really be a key piece at the linebacker level. Um, but again, the consistency, can we get takeaways? That's been Wake Forest's MO here for a couple of years and, and get those extra opportunities for our offense. I'm so glad you brought up takeaways because the biggest difference really between Wake last year and the year before when they played for the ACC championship was forcing turnovers. They forced 29 yes. turnovers in 2021. And last year, I was just checking my number there, only forced 16 so that was a bit, and of course, Wake did have some turnover issues on the other side. So I don't have their turnover margin in front of me, but I do not think it was great. So maybe, <laughs> Mac, you know, that's something else too with this offense. We always talk about a Sam Hartman was a gunslinger, for better or worse. That guy was going to sling it. I can see Griffiths just talking to him, hearing his personality a little bit. I could see him being a little more cautious. So maybe this defense won't have to make up for as many turnovers on the other end. Right. And I mean, be, being put in those tough situations is hard and it, it gets, you know, a little bit overwhelming for a defense when you're putting these spots and your back's already against the wall, right? When, when you're, when you're a bend don't break defense 
and you start on your own 30, like that ain't do? good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's really tough. And so I think you're right. There might be a little bit of addition by subtraction um, and, and keeping that turnover rate down, defense making the takeaways and, and ultimately getting this team in a great position. Everybody wants that. Every coach wants that. Doing it uh, is a different, different thing, though. All right, let's talk schedule because Wake was picked to finish ninth in the league. Do we have to? Do we have to look at yes, the schedule? Yes, we do. This schedule is hard. Hard. Perhaps one of the more difficult in the league. And Vegas has the number at six and a half. Mac, I love Wake. My mom or my mom, my mother-in-law is a proud Demon Deacon graduate. Under is the play here. Th- this schedule no is no, too difficult, Mac. Start so first of all, okay, Elon and Old Dominion, but you're at Old Dominion. Why? What are we doing? Should Why win do we it keep though. Doing I don't think Vandy is a gimme on September 9th. I think Vandy is improved. And then beyond that, I don't think Georgia Tech at home is necessarily a gimme. You should win it. I'm gonna give you a win there. You should win it. But then after that, Mac, I'm just gonna read this. At Clemson, at Virginia Tech, I think that's a win, but that's still a tough place to win. Pitt, FSU, at Duke, NC State, at Notre Dame, at Syracuse. Mac, I think for Clemson through Notre Dame, they'll only be favored in one of those games, and maybe not even because it's at Virginia Tech, just seeing how much the Hokies right. are improved. I'm stressed. Right. It that I mean, that stretch right there is for Ooh. sure the hardest in the ACC. I'd love to see it matched up with with other conferences and, and just how Brutal. tough of a stretch. But to play in, in the two most difficult arenas, stadiums, back-to-back, in Clemson and then Blacksburg, I mean, my goodness, look out, have fun. Yeah. Here, here's your gift, and then you followed up with Pitt and Florida State and Duke um, and NC State. I and mean, Notre it, Dame. It's, it's brutal. It's brutal finish. The only hope is that by the Clemson game, you're established. You feel good about the rhythm that you have. Your quarterback has seen some bang. stuff. Yeah, you 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 hope that by that point you can just being a solid piece. Um, but it's going to be interesting. And, and you talk about the the injuries that could mount up on that stretch. I mean, that's been mm-hmm. Wake Forest's biggest kind of issue there yeah. is once late October, November hit, no matter how they start, things just fall off the wheels. And so how, how can we prevent that? This isn't the year to probably try to hang your hat on that. Um, but it's certainly something that has been – the MO, unfortunately, for Wake Forest for a handful of years here. So I'm confident in Dave Clawson. I'm confident in Mitch Griffiths in this offense. I think I'm going to go over. I don't feel great about it, and maybe six is the number and they get it in the bowl game, uh, but I know that doesn't count. So I think at the end of the day, they have seven wins. However you want to get there, <laughs> I think they get seven wins. <laughs> I, I think six and six is, is very doable, and honestly with yeah. this schedule would be pretty impressive. Right. And that would still be right. an under for the Deeks. It's tough. It's but tough. I'm ready to watch. We'll I'm ready to watch them hang and bang this season, Mac. I'm ready. That's right. That's right. I am too. I am too. Big shout out again to Mitch joining us and, and to Will setting it up. Greatly appreciate you, man. That's it from us. Another great episode of Gramlick and Mac Lane presented by our friends over at Ingles. You guys have to check them out online. The curbside service, bar none. You got to do it. You got to get it going. We need you to go over to YouTube. Uh, jump over to this party, man. It's a lot of fun. You got to see what's going on over here. Leave some comments and, of course, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And, of course, the OGs over on Apple Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe there. We would be greatly appreciative of that. But that's it from us. Until next time, we'll see y'all.